the Lord. Praise the living Jesus. Yes, tell someone beside you, you're welcome to today's service in Jesus' name. I can't hear you say you're welcome to the arena of liberty today in Jesus' name. Yes, to our viewers all over the world, you're welcome to today's service in Jesus' name. You are welcome in the name of the Lord. You are welcome in the name of the Lord. Of the Lord, I can see in you the glory of the Lord. You are welcome in the name. to the arena of liberty in Jesus' name. Please be seated in his presence. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Yes, my name is Morenike. I'm by the special grace of God. I'm an evangelist in training under my father in the Lord, Prophet T.B. Joshua. It is a rare privilege for me to be here today to share with you the sweet story of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Be blessed as you listen in Jesus' name. Amen. You see, in any congregation like this, whenever this question is asked, have you given your life to Christ? Virtually everyone here would say, yes, am I right? The same question is directed to you today. Have you given your life to Christ? You see, when we judge ourselves sincerely, I mean, if we examine ourselves in the light of God's word, we will discover that many of us are just professing. What do I mean? Professing Christians are otherwise known as part-time believers. They are convinced that Jesus Christ is the healer the deliverer, the savior. Because they saw his miracles or are even beneficiaries of his miracles, but yet they are not converted. To be converted is to change from one form to another, from one purpose to another, and from one style to another. It is not only to change, but being able to change. When we are converted, we have the very presence of God in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. So brethren, get ready for a change. I don't care what anyone says about you. God can change anyone, anywhere, at any time. Yes. And this will lead me to the title of my message today, Be Ready to Change. Tell your neighbor, be ready to change. 
And our proof test shall be taken from the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 7. I start my reading from verse 5 to verse 7. Let me help you. Jeremiah is in the Old Testament, immediately after the book of Isaiah, before the book of Lamentation. Are you there? So I read Jeremiah chapter 7 from verse 5 to verse 7. For if you thoroughly amend your ways and your doings, if you thoroughly execute judgment between a man and his neighbor, if you do not oppress the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow, and do not shed innocent blood in this place, or walk after other gods to your hurts, then I will cause you to dwell in this place, in the land that I gave to your fathers forever and ever. You see, when we look at many biblical characters like Abraham, Joseph, Moses, and many others, you see that for them to come to their rest, I mean, for them to realize their destiny, their location had to change. This change of location we are talking about is not done arbitrarily. Time and season rule them all. God allows everything to take place at the appointed time and season. We may not understand it, but it is this that constitutes the beauty in creation. People of God, we are here for conversion and sanctification. Remember that conversion and sanctification are the renewing of the mind, a change not of the substance, but of the qualities of the soul. A regenerated sinner becomes a living soul. The gospel of God's grace challenges and changes everything because to his power, nothing is impossible. His works of wisdom are of grace and they command our faith. You see, we have seen a sinner's character being healed. We have seen a liar become truthful. We have seen a harlot become chaste. And we have seen a drunkard become sober. This is the gospel of God's grace. Tell your neighbor, this is the gospel of God's grace. Yes, the gospel of God's grace, God takes unlikely people and puts them in his palace for eternity. Remember, grace in the soul is a new life in the soul. Tell your neighbor. Yes. Remember that God is not interested in our outward appearance, but our hearts. It is the goodness of our cause that interests God more than our physical and mental disposition. This is why today we have many handicapped people becoming men of substance, while able-bodied men live out their days unnoticed, uncelebrated, and in obscurity. Indeed, this is the mystery of God's grace. Tell your neighbor, this is the mystery of God's grace. Yes, in the mystery of God's grace, 
God takes unlikely people and puts them in his palace for eternity. People of God, remember that there's nothing God created. He cannot change. God can change anyone, anywhere, at any time. Have you ever imagined how a young, rusty, and seemingly inexperienced David could defeat Goliath in battle? How a rustic fisherman like Peter could become one of the greatest apostles in the history of the church? How Saul, a state persecutor of Christians, could become Paul, the greatest evangelist in the history of the church? You see, when Jesus Christ enters our life, it puts an end to our past life and points us to our future success. This is the power of change. A change from where you are to what you want to become. A change from a faithless generation to a faithful generation. A change from poverty to success. A change from sickness to healing. A change from hopelessness to happiness. And a change from frustration to fulfillment. People of God, when you are fulfilled in Christ Jesus, you will lack nothing and want nothing. Tell your neighbor, when I am fulfilled in Christ Jesus, I will lack nothing and want nothing. This is what Christianity is all about. Christianity is not a religion. It is a relationship with Jesus Christ. And when you have relationship with Jesus Christ, you will change and become a man who is directed by your Heavenly Father, not by the influence of others. Remember, we are what we are and who we are by faith. For faith purifies us. Faith justifies us. And faith sanctifies us. If this is done, we are like unto God. Faith is simply God's word prevailing over negative sense evidence. Please turn with me to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 5. Some are reading from verse 4 to verse 10. Um, remember, the book of Luke is in the New Testament, immediately after the book of Mark, before the book of John. Are you there? Luke chapter 5 from verse 4 to verse 10. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their nets was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When P Simon Peter saw it, 
he fell down at Jesus' knee, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. You see, the case of Peter is a very good example that he had labored and toyed hard without anything to show for his many years of self-determination, self-confidence, human diligence, and professional experience were evident in the way he sat frustrated at the seaside after the fruitless night of fishing. The Bible says he had toyed all night and caught nothing. He had resigned to fate. And not even the message of salvation seems to have made any serious impact on his psyche. Since in this, Jesus said to him, put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. You see, from Peter's complaints, we could feel the level of pain in his heart, even as he confesses his helpless and hopeless state, saying, Master, I have toiled all night and I haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. You see, he had done everything humanly possible to change, to get out of his trouble. requires from us is within us our genuine willingness to change here Peter had demonstrated that in spite of all the odds there was still need to maintain self-control and submit to the one whose will was superior he said the frustration and anger in him were enough to provoke his emotional outbursts yet he stated his case very calmly when Jesus seemed to suggest to him to go over the painful experience of the previous night again. Instead of allowing himself to be overwhelmed by the negative circumstances of failure in business, economic stagnation and hopelessness, he saw it as an opportunity to honor and appreciate Christ the more. He simply said, if you, the Lord of the waves, the author and finisher of my faith, say so, I will let down the net for a catch. In other words, it was like saying to Jesus, who am I that I should disobey your instruction? I know that if I assume the character of a fisherman under any authority that does not proceed from you, I am bound to catch nothing. But if I labor by your order and under your direction, I am sure I cannot labor in vain. So I will lay down the nets one more time. You see, Jesus would not have had anything to do with Peter had Peter not been made sensible by the vicissitudes and calamities of life. I mean, the ups and downs of life. 
Peter was so sick and tired of the world. I was ready to obey the new order of Christ. You see, in Christ's new order, there is peace, healing, deliverance, salvation, not as the world gives. So people of God, what lesson can we learn from Peter? Lesson number one, obeying God at first may seem hard until we've come to see that all he asks is for our own good and makes life full and free. Indeed, the way of obedience is the way of change. The way of obedience is the way of healing, deliverance, salvation, and all of God's blessings. Lesson number two. When we are tired and sick of our worldly business and frustrated in our worldly affairs, we are welcome to Christ. You see, as long as the world is in place in our lives, Christ will be displaced. As long as self-confidence is in place in our hearts, confidence born of God will be displaced. Remember, Jesus Christ is a Democrat. He does not impose himself or his will on anyone. He allows us to exhaust whatever worldly advantages we feel we have so that when we have learnt our lessons, we value him. Lesson number three. It is not all up to Jesus for you to change. Certainly it is not all up to you. You have a role to play. And if you are ready to play your role, God is ever ready to change you and your situation. So what is your role? Your role is to obey Jesus by taking him at his word. And you will see what the early disciples saw. Remember, when God speaks, changes are beginning. When the power of God is present, healing, deliverance, salvation, and all of God's blessings are just like breathing. People of God, are you ready to change? Tell your neighbor, be ready to change any moment from now. Yes, the last lesson, number four. Those whom Christ designed to admit to the most intimate acquaintance with him, he first made sensible to appreciate how undeserving of his grace he ordinarily are. When we humble ourselves for Christ's sake, he will exalt us in his own time and season. It was a time and season for Peter to enter into his rest. The Bible says in Matthew eleven twenty-eight, 28, Come unto me, all ye who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The Bible says God gave King Solomon rest on every side. when it is time for the purpose of God to manifest in your life, there will be a driving force that will change your action and location. Peter's action was changed from the catching of fish to the catching of men. And his business location changed from the seaside to the town. This is why people like me will forever be grateful to God who have changed my action from a common street girl 
to an evangelist talking to you today. And my location from the village to the city, glory be to God Almighty. God allows everything to take place at the appointed time and season. God allows everything to be beautiful in its time. God allows it to be beautiful in its time, yet we may not understand it. But it is this that constitutes the beauty in creation. The Bible says, for everything there is time and season, a time to labor and a time to reap the product of grace. God's time, he's the best time. time.
Yes, indeed, God's time is the best time. Please be seated in his presence. Yes, it is not all up to Jesus for you to change. Certainly, it is not all up to you. You have a role to play. If you're ready to play your role, God is ever ready to change you in a situation. So when the grace of God comes upon you, it will put an end to all your labor and personal struggles. Finally, brethren, change is all about a future. If I say I'm ready to change, it means I'm tired of the situation I'm in. No going back. No chance of negotiation. It means I have no alternative. So in order for you to change, you have to be tired of the situation you're in. And if you're tired of that situation, you have to give in to your future. It is not about being merely convinced about Jesus, but being converted. People of God, get ready for a change. I don't care what anyone says about you. I don't care what statistics says about you. God can change anyone, anywhere, at any time. Tell your neighbor, change is coming to my situation right now. I can't hear you. Change is coming to my situation right now. Yes. Embrace God's word as the most effective instrument for change. So if you have taken God's word to act and truly make it part of you, it will, by its very nature, change you. And when it does, you will automatically find yourself being called to act with God, able to say, be healed, able to say, be blessed, able to say, be delivered. And whatever you say shall come to pass in Jesus' name. I leave you here in faith, and I pray to meet you once again in faith in Jesus' name. Be blessed.